This is the Dear Warren Podcast. Welcome to Dear Warren Podcast, the midweek podcast. Warren's announce table, where once again, we are joined by the wonderful Jessica. Hello. How are you? And if you're new to the podcast, uh, normally we do on weekends, we try to do an interview with someone close, near and dear to us, or just uh, someone that we uh, find extremely interesting or like, oh my God, you definitely have to be on the podcast. But during the midweek ones, especially Warren's announce table, uh, the, the gimmick that we run is don't devalue our midweek podcast we we uh announce over the weekly episode of wwe nxt because professional wrestling has dominated our lives with a better part of the past 15 years well you can speak for yourself i am merely a game day watcher a game day watcher you don't consider yourself a smart i don't know you know what a smart is though I do. Oh, uh, there you go. You know, uh, maybe about a lot more than the average bear. I was just having a conversation with a coworker whose husband is uh, a really, really big WWE fan. And so there was a rule, apparently, that I was unaware of when it comes to, I guess, wrestling and events for your significant other. It's apparently... For the significant other? Right. So, for example, and, and the rules that apparently I did not realize exist, if I went to one... NXT show with you, mm-hmm. I would never have to go ever again. That's not nice. I don't think that's, that's, that's really nice that's either. A, that's not really a, uh, a wrestling rule. That's more no, that's so a sig- like a part. I don't know marriage rule. Which, a marriage rule where you have to uh, uh, you oh I'm going to take one for the team or suck it up uh, because of but just only this once. Rule. I can I can kind of see that, but I would I would think that. Um, moving ahead, like let's say there was a music concert or something where it was an artist that you were very, very into and you knew that I wasn't into, you would you would come to me for, like, if I, I, I'm literally your last option at True. that point. I guess I wouldn't even ask you if I thought there were better options. Exactly. But... But if there was, then obviously, yeah, there, it, would, it would be out of necessity to... Um, all right, I'm, I'm coming here because obviously you bought the tickets or it was under special circumstances where you just have to go and you needed someone to go and I was the last one available and I would do it. But I, to be fair, I don't think I would ever hold it over your head. No, and I guess maybe in the realm of the conversation, it was more about if I had to guess that I would have wanted you to go to this musical artist that you had no interest in mm. just once so you could experience what I like or what I love and then I guess then you would never have to do it again. Maybe if it was... Um like a dating thing, you know? I guess. If like it, if, you, if you're in the first, uh, the, the honeymoon phase and you're like, oh, I also do this and I want to introduce you to this activity that I uh, do and therefore we can share it together and live a happily ever after merry life. Yeah. I, sure. That, that's probably one where you, you obviously have to do a little bit of compromise, but after knowing each other for, I think I, how long have I known you? 50, 60 years? <laughs> it feels that, feels that much. I think we're on 13. 13 years? That much already. 14 years? It's, it's been a while. But after a while, it's kind of like you've 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 established... Like, if I say something to you, honey, tomorrow let's go to the ballet. You'd just be like, why? What? Right? Versus, hey, let's go to this uh, independent wrestling show down in South Jersey. You'd be like, okay, that sounds like something in that, your wheelhouse. Right. And, you know, I would argue... I think so what I'm hearing is that... <clears throat> 
you're like, don't ask then at all. If they're not interested, like you don't really have to ask or feel compelled to drag them along. Like you don't even have to do it one time. If you know that it's not their wheelhouse, you find, you find the rhythm of things that you ask or you talk to them and it, and you can see on their faces whether it's, you know, they the look on their face, it looks like they smelled a fart <laughs> or right. it's, it's inconveniencing them in some way, which is always a wonderful reaction, I'm sure, when you're like, let's go to this place together. And you, you hear, oh, coming right. off with their face. Right. And I mean, I think if like someone had an interest or was like, oh, I've never been before, so I will go once. I guess I could see the validity of the the one time only rule, but... I mm-hmm. agree that if you don't want to go, like you shouldn't even have to go the one time mm-hmm. if you don't want to go. Not going to force someone to do it. No, but I can see why maybe people feel probably a little bit, I don't know. Like of they, course, this is context. And of course, there's special, special situations. So I'm not saying for all of them, but yeah, this is something you'll have to grow up with, Warren. I'm trying to think in what... In life, there's compromises. Especially in relationships. Uh, I'm trying to think of what are the things that... I would never go to. And what are the things you would never go to? Like event wise. Like if I was like, hey, hun, let's go to. You'd be mm. like, no. Like put your foot down like mm, not mine. If you had to throw me into uh, a, a foreign country where I really didn't know any of the customs and any of the. Uh, I, I, it was a climate that was extreme, either extreme cold or extreme. Like, heat. hey, let's go to Everest Base Camp. <laughs> I, a, a space camp? Everest Base Camp. Base Camp. Oh, okay. What, uh, by like Kilimanjaro, space, Nepal. Space Camp. That sounds amazing. I know. <laughs> Kennedy Space Center. Mm. But uh, yeah, Everest Base Camp. Ugh. No desire. Not uh, even it, a glimmer it, it, of interest. It's, it's not that. It's just more so if it has to build on something. If I was uh, an avid hiker, if I had the outdoorsiness as far as what if I was like, endurance okay. and know-how. Let's go hunt for clams in Maine next weekend. Next weekend. But, like, that wouldn't be your thing. Like, I wouldn't ask. Granted, I don't care about clam. I don't know what they call clam it. Clam hunting. Clam hunting. Clam um, digging. But there were things where it's clam kind foraging. of. Clam foraging. Right. Where you would be like, mm, no. And I'd be like, mm, okay. I don't. Well. I would, I would probably never do NASCAR. Hmm. A friend of mine was like, I had to go to NASCAR for Why a date you? or something. I don't think I would ever go. I have no interest. Hmm. <sighs> Would you I go to NASCAR? I, I, you know, I think I would probably go to a NASCAR before going uh, uh, clam hunting. Fair enough. More so because I've, I've actually read about, like, the experience of, oh, it, it's something else when you're actually there and you can hear the roar of the engines and be that close to it. But then again, you've gone to monster truck events. We were even talking about this before we started up the, yes. the podcast. What were you saying? No, I, I was saying that Warren is really into monster trucks and we need to figure... all trucks. Yeah, to figure out, you know, because I got him hearing protection, larger hearing protection. He We had infant mm-hmm. hearing protection for when he was a baby for, like, parades and fireworks yes. and restaurants when he was super little and he's since grown out of them uh so i got him a bigger pair and i was like all right well what types of things do you use hearing protection for as a kid and monster trucks is the number like one of the things that come to mind any obviously loud events let's say we had to you dragged me to a concert that i wouldn't want to go to like a metallica concert or something that's a lie oh yeah you would never we never something extremely obviously when you go to an arena uh uh the the volume if you've never been to a concert before it's it's quite a shocker. Especially if you, like, let's say we have, like, front row to, I don't know. It doesn't even have to be front row. I would say, like, a good um, amount of the modern arenas these days, 
they, uh, yeah, it's loud. It's it's extremely loud. So very important to have ear, uh, ear hearing protection. Well, I guess it depends also, you know, what your job is and your, prof- like the seriousness of the hearing protection. I would argue mm-hmm. that I don't wear hearing protection to concerts, although I imagine I would probably wear the inner ear, you know, little yeah. soft ones if I was super close and we knew it was going to be super loud. And especially for Warren. Oh, for him. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that people don't recognize. And maybe it's because I had hearing issues as a kid. Like I'm more sensitive to that is that, and obviously all senses are really (laughs) important to preserve as a (laughs) youngster, but for hearing, you know, and hearing protection for things like that, for a kid, we're trying to do that for Warren now, preserving, uh, a lot of his main (laughs) senses. Get away from the TV. Yeah. Back up, back Back up up, from the TV. Watch your eyes, you know, watch your eyes. We, uh, I learned much later on after going to a series of concerts and playing guitar on like 10 on my amp all the time that hearing damage is cumulative. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's not like the one time thing and you think, oh, my ears are ringing. I'm just going to have a huge headache tomorrow. And you, you know, the next yeah. day you have the huge headache and then it goes away and you're like, oh, okay, that must mean I'm fine. Nah, you did. There, there was damage done. Yeah. And if you keep doing that, it just accumulates. Right. No, I mean, absolutely. So I think that's why I'm just more sensitive to like, why would you buy hearing protection in advance of events? Oh, stop. Uh, That's why I think, because I had severe, not severe, you know, decent amount, well, of hearing loss. Uh, so we, we are watching NXT. Yeah, just uh, as I was saying in the beginning, we do actually do We do watch, it. well, sort of. We, we use it as the, the background and, and the backdrop uh, or a conversation starter in case we run out of things to say. Um, and just to keep everyone updated, uh, right now Tommaso Ciampa is still the heel champion. And what they're promoting right now is Velveteen Dream, uh, supposedly getting a title shot. They blended in with the other storyline of someone attacked former champion Alistair Black in the parking lot. No one knows who who did it. But Nikki Cross, uh, formerly of Sanity, and right now the resident... Um, psycho. Psycho slash wild card. <laughs> Why don't you describe her gimmick? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't have the historical precedence in professional wrestling to compare her to someone else. But... She is a female character who is crazy, not like, you know, bought too many pairs of shoes for too much money crazy, but like I was raised by wolves and now kind of is a human being crazy. Loves pain. Loves uh, pain. Lo- uh, I mean, great it, wrestler. It, it, it reflects in, in her style. Like she's a high risk uh, wrestler. Like she will Almost take Almost like crazy a female bumps. Mick Foley, but not maybe, I'm not going to give her that much credit just yet, yeah. but like a female Mick Foley, I would say. Um, but she, as a character, I would say... Does a really good job, you and know. It's, and this is uh, the beauty of NXT and having a, a, a small, having to fill up only an hour. They can really focus on a short burst of really focused um, storytelling, and mm-hmm. not only that, but have everyone kind of blend in together their storylines. Like Nikki was obviously involved in a, in a. Oh, look at this! Yeah, she's eyeing Tommaso Ciampa because Tommaso Ciampa is. Uh, formerly known as psycho killer right so she's a psycho too interesting look at this yeah they're like looking at each other she's eyeing them maybe they're gonna do a tag team match Ooh. well they wouldn't do a mixed match challenge Mm. so and the uh and the teaser that they've been dropping is that nikki knows who actually attacked alistair black and they've been drawing this investigation out for well over a month now oh yeah i mean it's been quite a while so It'll be interesting to see if she knows and, you know, mm-hmm. how they play into, ooh. Ooh, 
kicked away the mic from from Champa when he was trying to pick it up. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with her. We, we, we will see what happens. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I think this is this is awesome when they just tie when when other characters storylines overlap. Oh yeah, especially because each when, one has their own track. Yeah, especially when they are sort of opposite ends of the storyline spectrum, where you wouldn't necessarily think. But then when you see them side by side, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Especially if they do it well. Mm-hmm. And what I find is, and I think with Nikki Cross's character, she does it well, is where she can come into a situation out of left field. And by the time she leaves, it's now made it something else. Yes. Like she's left an impression of some sort and mm-hmm. or changed the trajectory of the storyline. And the tonight's main event is going to be uh, a triple threat for the North American title. I believe it's going to be Ricochet. Uh, here we go. Ricochet versus Adam Cole, baby. And Pete Dunne. So which who has the North American championship right now? Uh, Ricochet. Ricochet. I like Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne is, is a bruiser. He's my favorite. I also like the British wrestling style more so than, mm. you know. I feel British like strong style, they call it. It is. I which think is very submission-based. They pull on your fingers. They do wrist locks, cranking, and they make it look really painful. And I think also, too, there's not a lot of rest holds. It's the, mm-hmm. the pacing of it seems to be a little bit crisper than I've seen, you know, for just sort of main roster styles. And Although Ricochet. I mean, that match is going to be great regardless because they're just all super athletic you seem to know a lot for being a uh what did you call yourself a uh casual casual a game like, day like watcher game day watcher you you seem to have a bit of knowledge there well so my issue and this is also a recent conversation i had with a friend is that these freaking things are just too long like i can't watch like the amount of content that wwe puts out per week this is a good question for you yeah. do you what works and what doesn't work with it as far as having this much amount of content and are other uh, uh, content creators in other mediums attempting to do the same thing and how they how they fail, how they succeed? Go ahead. So I think WWE has a bunch of different brands. If you think of them as a network, there's different shows within the brand. We watch the ones that I would argue are shorter. NXT, an hour a week. May Young Classic, which is the female tournament going on right now an hour a week for, I don't know how many weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Um, we'll watch the one an hour week shows because that's what fits into our life. And, and the occasional, like every Pay-per-view. other month, uh, yeah. two, three hour special. Correct. Now, I don't know that people realize is that weekly, Monday Night Raw is three hours. Um, Tuesday Smackdown is two hours plus 205 live, which isn't televised, but it ends up being a three hour night for the people who are there, a live event. Plus NXT, plus, you know, we're talking eight to ten hours of content produced per week, not including a bunch of the other side tangents. And then the, ma- and then the main roster pay-per-views. Yeah, I mean, like that's four, a whole... Four to five hours. That's a whole other thing. Including pre-show. Uh, pre-show can right. go up to like six hours. And, and I recently heard that the televised rating, so Monday and Tuesday, the two, three hours that I mentioned are televised on USA Network, I believe. Um, we don't have cable. We don't really watch them. I don't think if we, if we had cable, we would watch them. Um, three hours of anything <laughs> is ridiculous. I was long. falling asleep during the end of Lord of the Rings, even though it was like a great movie and it was wrapping it up. I'm like, how much can you wrap up? Well, and also, too, I mean, that's, that's like three and a half but hours. But that's a I one think. time movie that you're not watching that every week. Yeah. And I think there comes a point, and I believe the ratings have showed that recently, you dilute the brand because you do not have the time on a weekly show to create enough content to sustain, I would argue, a very, very dedicated or interested fan base. 
Now, has it worked for them for God knows 20 years? I guess, right? Do I enjoy it? I do not. So if you think of it like a soap opera, right? Let's say you take a general hospital, would run five days a week, an hour a day for a gajillion years. That's one hour a day. So you had a 24-hour rehearsal schedule, a 48-hour rehearsal schedule. So the quality of content was better, but it was general hospital. Like year 20, you're kind of like, people are just... But we're also talking just a soap opera versus something where they're attempting to be kind of like... They're bringing in both the drama and the theater as well as kind of like a sports feel. So they have merch. I mean, you don't really see general hospital merch. Right. I mean, and yeah. All, and a bunch of these uh, 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 wrestlers, they're like independent contractors. They're probably going to other promotions. They're, they're doing other things like uh, trying to promote their uh, tap out brand or whatever fitness brands mm-hmm. that they have. Some of them started movies and they try to do other forms of entertainment. So I guess what I how it affects my viewing or why I don't feel particularly like an avid, avid professional wrestling fan is I do not have the time or the interest or the product is not valuable enough for me to 10 hours, 10 hours a week. I don't have that time. But Um, you don't have to. I think I, I remember reading something about Triple H giving one of those quarterly reports where, yeah, there's a ton of content, but it's kind of like they're trying to cover all their bases. They know that not one person is going to watch everything, but one person is probably going to watch all the main event stuff and not watch NXT. Someone's going to watch all the NXT stuff and not watch a lot. Of, you know what I mean? Like they, they would rather be safe than sorry. I guess from a so brand perspective too, if they're going to argue that the main roster content is sustaining the past and present casual fans with kids, mm. And they'll see the trend before anybody else, right? So if they see a downward trend in Monday Night Raw, but an Mm -hmm. upward trend in NXT, it's very easy to shift the model to an NXT model or to another show or create a new whatever, right? So I think they're future-proofing themselves with things like NXT. There are actually uh, rumors that they're going to turn NXT into a two-hour show because there's such an influx of, uh, here we have the... Uh, who, who's in Limitless, Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he was an indie star most recently, past couple of months. And that's what they keep doing. Like, they keep, the the NXT moniker is kind of like, go around to the, to the top indie mm-hmm. promotions, and eventually one of their top talent is going to want to go to WWE, and most likely they're going to go through NXT first. There's only so many you, you can, like, start picking off before your whole roster is made up of all-stars. Right. So. And I think potentially, you know, it's interesting that they have enough content or enough people to do a two-hour NXT show. And I guess the argument is every indie star you bring over, you bring over their core fans, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it almost... And we've talked about this. Like, NXT originally was developmental. Like, true developmental. Like, years ago, if you watched NXT, you knew you were watching developmental. I would argue, regardless of what they say, this is a much more polished product. It's mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's developmental, but it's not anymore. It's really another brand of more it hardcore is. wrestling with more indie stars and lighter weights. And And when we say hardcore wrestling, and uh, some people, uh, if they hear that term, they think like, you know, smashing each other with chairs and light mm-hmm. tubes. It the, the climate has changed drastically where there's a lot of young athletic stars who do much more athletic style like you're talking uh gainers which is uh the shooting star press which mm-hmm. is instead of like a forward some results that reverse one but you do it from either a standing position and as you said you enjoy this style mm-hmm. it's faster paced it's more focused on action 
as opposed to the main roster where they really, really try to focus on um, trying to get a storyline across the character. Yeah. And I think they try. So my issue with main roster character development is they do a lot of um, for not foreshadowing verbal exposition. Well, that's with everything. I, the, well, I feel like everything has too much verbal exposition. Just show it to me. Why do we got to talk about it? The the other uh, gripe I would have with with the main roster is that they they don't let things happen organically. Mm-hmm. They have to, like for instance, here comes uh, uh, I believe it's this month, right? The women's evolution, uh, all women's uh, special, right? And I we should probably play a drinking game. Um, well, you know. We might pass out. <laughs> but we wouldn't the last first more than 15 five, minutes. 15 minutes of whenever the announcers say, what you're watching right now is his- you're witnessing history. This is amazing. This is, you know, instead of letting the event speak for itself, they have to keep telling their audience over and over, you are part of history. You should be, you know what I mean? Right. It's the, it's almost like the leading the horse with the carrot. I don't know the term. But will you lead a horse with a carrot? Mm-hmm. You do, I think, or a you know, a large man with a donut. I don't know. You know, the whole thing is like Homer mm-hmm. Simpson. I think of the Homer Simpson. There's a Homer Simpson bit about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, that's, they think that's the only way you can get them to walk, right? Look yep. at the shiny thing. Let me make you feel really good about your purchase. Which is, there's a validity to that from a marketing perspective. You know, we talked about previously, like, you know, the Coca-Cola polar bear commercials in the winter are to make you feel good about drinking Coca-Cola. They're not to sell you more Coca-Cola. Mm. So I think those comments are probably part of that sort of, uh, forging in your brain the brand in your being by telling you you are a part of something bigger than the entertainment television show you're watching. Mm-hmm. You're not, but let them make you feel like you are so that you'll want to watch it even more. In other news, yes. I'm not sure if you if you read this as far as uh, wrestling news, but that, uh, that Saudi show that they're doing, that one-off show, I think and, it's called uh, Crown yep. Jewel. Mm-hmm. Um one of the events is going to be uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker and Kane. Again? The, the big thing, well, last show, uh, Shawn Michaels and Kane, they were like in each other's corner. Right. They didn't actually wrestle. So the big thing about this is that obviously Shawn Michaels, my favorite of all time, um, was retired back mm-hmm. in 2010. Mm-hmm. And much to his credit at the time, he respected you know the, kind of like the unsung rules of performance that your character's done you're yeah you're like retired. don't come back you don't you're... come you, you can come back for like you know every once in a while like a special little thing here and there but you're not actually going to wrestle Work, a yeah. match and i guess there, there's a space balls quote where uh lone star and, and, and barf they're being paid by the 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 the, the king of planet druidia to go save the princess and he goes, man, we're not doing, don't worry, we're not doing this for the money. We're doing this for a shitload of money. So, oh, yeah. So it was kind of like they probably had, and there's a wrestler called Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, whose tagline was, everybody's got a price. Oh, yeah. So there you go. Um, I mean, and to, then we've to, talked to about. To add more to your our disgust about. I mean, we've talked about the fact of that show or that pay-per-view being lip service to, you know, people and high places in that specific country. We talked about the obscene amount of money generated, like the amount of money we can't even, you know, we can, maybe we can start to find speculation around it as it gets closer. 
the amount of money they're being offered for that event is so is actually they probably did calculation more than the brand damage they're going to have from doing that event more than basically burrowing you know burying and ruining the legacy of four of your top stars like just the amount of money i mean i i don't i couldn't even really imagine how much they're being given as an organization and this is individual think of it how much money has Shawn michael you know to be given i mean it has to be it had to be like to be a couple years. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. They probably like showed the number to him, and he he would have been like, "Nah, sorry, I can't, I can't do that." Oh, I'm sorry. The paper was folded in half. Here are the rest of right, the zeros. Right. Like here's the other four zeros that you were missing. Yes. Like, I mean, how much? Like, so just for fun, hmm. let's say you had a reputation for a being dollar. the best male boy in the world. Male boy, as in delivering because that's what mail. you do for work. Yes, does it, does not right? Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. So let's say you were known for, in the world, you had millions of fans who loved you for being the best darn male boy in the world. You retired. Damn skippy. You retired. Mm-hmm. Your male boy days are done. Yes. How much, would, how much are you worth to ruin that? How much money is worth to ruin that? A dollar. Because I love male boying. <laughs> and, I love delivering the mail. All right, so Eki doesn't actually deliver the mail for his career. He just never tells me what he does. So we've come up with the fact that he head delivers, mail boy. He delivers mail to the other head, office. Oh, oh, oh mailman. Um, mm. um, you really? I mean, what, what's your price? It's this is something you'd have to ask me of like another thing that uh, is near, near and, and and dear to me. Music. I would music. Uh, you were a famous jazz guitar player. I don't, really, I don't really think about it too much. I would say that, you know, obviously once you start talking about like a million or tens of millions, that's where, you know, the eyebrows raise and you're anything where you're well set for life. If you, if you throw a sum out where the family is set for life oh, yeah. and your family's family is set for life. It's really, I can understand how you, it's like, it's really hard to say no. And I would say th- that's coming from me, who doesn't. Ha- you know what the term is called? Mm. Fuck you money. Mm-hmm. So they throw fuck you money at you to basically so you have f you money, where you can tell anyone else. Well, you know, you're you're selling out your morals there, and you can just basically yeah. tell them f you because you've got all this money. So that that's that's some power there, right? I guess the gripe for me when I when I. Uh, read about all, all the news of this is that they're not i i would suspect that they're not uh you know they're not making peanuts and then all all of a sudden being offered diamonds you know right i mean the the amount that they had to have been offered had to have been substantially more than the large amount of money they all make now and it's it's kind of at, at that point not only that but you wwe you're a public facing company you're the one that kept promoting the women's uh, evolution you keep promoting uh and we talked about this last time how, how they play it very safe with uh any type of movement or kind of social message they wait until everyone mm-hmm. is on board and then they'll jump on it they'll, they're never going to be like the trend pusher you know so it it kind of it, it yeah it, it's stinky mm-hmm. it smells that here you are. You're, you've been. You've spent years prom, uh, building up a legit women's division, right? And now here's a show where the women don't get to compete. Yeah. 
oh, we'll pay them or something like that. But at, at that point... Or the fact that certain of your male wrestlers that ah, come from go. certain countries like Syria cannot all of a sudden compete. Uh-huh. I know we're beating this into the ground. We, we talked about, about this it a couple times. It, it was just like the latest news with the Shawn Michaels thing. That kind of irked me because, I, like I said, he was my favorite of all time. And to see kind of that thing, his... He was overall, like on a lot of people's lists, like the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. So it would be the equivalent of, uh, think of the greatest of all time in any other sport that retired, let's say a Michael Jordan or someone else coming out of retirement due to uh, North Korea giving him this insane amount of money for him to play and wear the communist flag or something or promote. Right. You know like what I mean? Do a whole it, bit it, would, it would be like, like you, 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 it would, anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I agree. I agree. So, but to your point, we've beat it mm-hmm. quite dead. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry. It's all right. Apparently, I know that you can be bought out with nah. FU money. Mm-hmm. I can be bought out too. Anyway, every, you know, the tr- there is some truth to Ted DiBiase's everybody's got a price tag. That's so. true. That is very true. So, did you see the pumpkins when you came in? I saw a pumpkin what? that that wore. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the decoration, like the kind of like the not actual pumpkins, but kind of like the, the, the paper jack o' lantern. So it's Halloween thing. time, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. So uh, Warren had decorated a, a painted a pumpkin, and I put up Jerry rigged some dollar store decorations with string. Isn't he scared of skeletons and certain Halloween things right these days? A little bit. So I don't know where that. So it's interesting. He's never been taught to be afraid of scary things, right? Mm-hmm. So we were in Target, and they have, like, the Halloween display, and he was fine. And then we, he knew what ghosts were, like the, ooh, like the sheet boo ghost with the big eyes. And, um, you know, he knew what a skeleton was. He goes, wiggle, wiggle, because I think a teacher's brought, like, a little skeleton, mm-hmm. and they danced with them, you know, to try to introduce them to the... But he saw, he saw some, like, scary masks and things, like, and knew they were scary... Mm-hmm. And like completely not freaked out, but he was like, no, no, no Halloween, yeah. no Halloween. You don't have to be taught that. You I don't? Absolutely not. Mm. There's, there's universal things that we, we are, we are kind of accustomed to as soon as we're born. Obviously we're afraid of the unknown. Obviously we're afraid of the dark. So it was probably a good combination of the two. And there's... He probably knows what happy looks like. He's seen so much mm-hmm. of, you know, when he watches Daniel Tiger or Paw Patrol yep. and reads a lot of, uh, he watches Sesame Street and sees a lot of vibrant, happy, you know. And he's like, that does not look like any of those things. In fact, it looks like the opposite yeah. of it. That must, and for, and it probably gives him the chills. And he's like, why is this, fa- it, it looks mean. Yeah, it, it does look angry. I don't want to. It wanna... looks angry. Right. right. So as a parent, I don't know what you do in that moment. So I was like, buddy, he's, you know, it's okay. I'm not going to like force it on him because oh, yeah. that's been done to me as a child. And it's totally traumatizing. So like, I, I like, I, you know, I put him, he's in the, you know, the shopping carts. So I put him like 10 feet away and I like walked over by the thing and touched it and I'm like, Hey, and he's like petrified. Like, no, no, like not crying. I didn't like let him get too bad. I was like, look, buddy, like it's fake. It's not real. It's okay. So that was in target. Right. And I thought like, Hmm. You know, it's interesting. First time I've sort of seen him be scared of something like that. And um, then, you know, his birthday is coming up soon. So we went to Party City. And obviously Party City is like Halloween center. And I had gone early to get a bunch of decorations. As soon as he got inside, they have the Halloween. No, no Halloween. Yeah. No Halloween. And I was like, buddy, we're not going over there. 
So literally, I'm like in the aisle where it's like Elmo, Daniel Tiger, Paw Patrol, like the plates and cups. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, no Halloween. I'm like, buddy, he's not. We're not. I need to, you know, we need to buy the stuff. You traumatized him. I totally did. And I was like, no, buddy, it's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. So it's he like. He has, he has still uh, unable to pronounce porcupine. <laughs> the best. We even tried to break it down for him. We did, so. He, he pronounces it porcupine, and what yeah. did we try to do? So we're like, you know, Warren, say pork. Pork. Warren, say pine. Pine. Warren, say porcupine. Porcupine. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what. It's the best. It's the best. Um, it's kind of like, what is it? Cool whip. Say whip. Say cool whip. Yep. From a Family Guy, so. Are we already at the main event? Is it? Yep. Yeah. Adam Cole. So we may be paying a little more attention to this because, and to be fair to WWE, as much as they get things drastically wrong with uh, their crown jewel in Saudi Arabia <laughs> event, they, NXT delivers a lot. They do. And, and, to I- have, and to have the top stars of other promotions that you never thought would ever cross over and be in a match like this. You're talking. You're talking really good workers here. Ricochet, who's the human cheat code, as mm-hmm. as I like to describe. Your uh, favorite, Pete Dunne, mm-hmm. as far as his British strong style, which works great with. I, I haven't seen him have a bad match yet. Right. Yet. Mm-hmm. And Adam Cole, who is really starting to come into his own, as well too, with it, with his his he's got a kind of like a opportunistic sleazy mm-hmm. style of uh, fighting. So. I expect I expect this to be like ooh a couple of times and whoa in in this match. Do you think people like this where they're sort of lighter weight, they have a, a, a more unique style? Um, does this translate to main roster at all? Absolutely. Like uh, outside of two five live, like forget two five live. I don't actually consider it a thing. I know it's better now than it was, but just think of like the Hardy Boys back back in the day. About now, <laughs> not then. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Like who's a, who's a, like a high flyer in the main roster? Uh, Seth Rollins can work a really good match. Um, Sami Zayn back back well, before he got injured uh, could could work a really good match. Uh, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, so and and Nakamura could also do that as well. When they could when they're allowed to, right? I mean, I think can, that's what can, happens, they can, right? They can go, but what hap- Yeah, but what happens is that you either get tied into a gimmick match, or it has to go into yet another, um, uh, like heavyweights, and they have to really push this really heavy-handed kind of like story. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, you know, they don't have control of that. It's kind of whatever writers or whatever the the, the head execs. Mm-hmm. what they need for their publicly traded stock in order to keep things going. Mm-hmm. But I guess also, too, there's F.U. money everywhere, right? Mm. So maybe it's not F.U. money to give up everything you like, but, mm-hmm. hey, give up this move for an extra 50 grand. Don't do this. Don't do this. Just just run on autopilot. Right. Uh, I don't know. It irks me. Of course it does. That's, that but kind of at, the t- at the same time, too, one could argue if everyone did their best all the time, the best would get boring. And you're, there's a certain point where you can't bring the level any higher. Oh, yeah. There's, there is an, uh, a bit of an art to setting up. I look at it as like almost uh, uh, getting together your playlist or a set list. Like you just can't hit your crowd with 10 fast songs in a row because they're just going to be burned out by song number three. Mm-hmm. So you have to pace everything. Um, and I would say that you could tell certain 
uh, like main roster events as you're watching them. And like by the end, even though it's 11, you're like, wow, this has been a really great show. And then you realize it's been well paced. Right. Versus when we watched, uh, what was the last one? Super Showdown. Mm -hmm. I I was, you were basically waking me up at the end. Yeah, I think we lasted, I lasted like half, I I lasted like 65% of the way through that. And then, you know, I was, I was lost. We were passed out. You know, and I tried really hard that one too. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm gonna you watch did? it. I'm gonna totally you watch your, it. You put your phone down and everything. And I, uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't last the whole time. Cause Speaking of phone and, and 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 entertainment, I was even throwing around the idea of you know since the holidays are coming up, um, and there's probably going to be more vacation time and and us being passed out due to. Uh, whatever holiday food or holiday cookies that I know you make, uh, uh, maybe the introduction of a PlayStation Four. Which? Maybe? How many years later are we on that? I don't. At least four or five, right? I think so. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> no, you were excited until you found out that it wasn't. I wasn't thinking of co-op. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. I was like, oh, we can play together. I'm like, what's this together? <laughs> and then I was like, oh. Oh, what? You're just going to ignore me and just sit yep. there and play video games? Yep. And I was like, what? And you're like, shut up. <laughs> and then to be fair, we have the Switch too. So I can download like Farming Simulator. And to, and to be fair with the, the Switch, the Nintendo eShop, they get a lot of great indie games that uh, cater to... Um, Oh, you got to check that. I heard a thump. That wasn't him. It wasn't him. What's that? Maybe Hobbs. Where nope. are you, Hobbs? Nope. It's right here. You want to go somewhere and check? Should I? I mean, that was loud, right? I don't know. Did it come from upstairs? I had my headphones on. I heard something. I don't... It sounded like something fell somewhere. Uh, Maybe it's the washing machine? Uh, I don't know. Right, I had well, my headphones on. Imagine we get robbed like while we're on the podcast. Well, these are high quality mics. They may be, They might be able to... Oh, maybe it was... I think it was maybe something like dragging on the table. Like, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. PlayStation 4. Yes. Um, And also, too, I want to just buy it right away. I'm like, oh, you never say, oh, let's buy a game system. It's always me, guys. I Like, I bought the Switch because we wanted it, but you didn't want it because you didn't want to play it. And I bought it anyway because I wanted it. Was it the Switch? Yeah. Or was Stick of Truth? It was a a game. Was it? it? No, I think I bought, no, I bought, I fully fledged bought the Switch without your permission. (laughs) I don't think so. I think that was. I, I think, think I both, think I think no, I knew we, you. Mm, I think I knew you kind of wanted it. No, because we we definitely got it, and we got like Zelda out of the box with it too. I got it was from Target. I feel like I bought it. I I don't I, know. It I doesn't don't, matter. I knew that I was like, oh, you didn't. You really didn't have to when you when you yes. bought, when you bought Stick of Truth. And the same thing when I got what is it, Xenoblades for you. Correct. Remember? I would say that this is different because it's pre. It's five years past. It's you know prime as far as his like debut and it was just more so that um one thinking of downtime coming up and also um there's only so much i can like read and practice guitar or or do a workout before like okay i guess i can't be as productive or or something of that sort and um i started just seeing the list of all the exclusive games for systems like playstation 4 and xbox that we don't normally we can't normally get due to right we generally publishers don't don't, don't write uh yeah don't write their games for and nintendo Switch. systems don't particularly support i mean nintendo yeah nintendo systems don't particularly support a very robust graphics set mm-hmm. whereas the ps4 is much more relevant to that now what are the like flagship titles on the ps4 um final fantasies metal Ooh. gear um gears of war 
Is uh, it full Gears of War is, I believe, it's through both of them. Or it might be Xbox exclusive. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, then there's also... GTA? Uh, yeah. Actually, I think GTA is, is for all systems as well, too. I guess I meant more so like they're going to be better played on a PS4. I think, I think the only exclusives for Xbox is like Halo and like one other, which I don't really care about. So no. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with PlayStation 4. Ah, look at this. It suddenly turned into a War Games. That was the, that's the, remember that podcast we used to do? Mm-hmm. We used to review video games. Yep. And so, that's another, we, we, we kind of stopped doing that one because there was only so many games that we could, we could play. Well, we also didn't want to, for the Switch, they're 60 bucks each. And granted, I think if we got some of the indie games, I was looking at some of them, there are some that, mm-hmm. but I don't really like the eShop. Well, my complaint about the eShop is not the selection of games. My complaints about the Switch eShop is the price of mm. the indie games. How's, how much? You know, ten bucks, fifteen bucks for That's a game bad. that you can get on Steam for like five dollars. Oh, it is. Yeah, the Steam prices tend to be quite a substantial bit less than this. And like, if you match the Steam prices, I would argue like totally like why buy on Steam like Undertale's and all those. I mean, I have so many games on Steam that I wish I could play, <laughs> but I don't want to go. Yeah, that's the thing. You, uh, you don't want to actually like turn on the PC because you're on you're on the computer all the time for work. Correct, and I think part of someone it is, was saying, uh, "Why don't you get Steam Link or what is our it?" Our Wi-Fi is pretty awful, but yeah. you know we can try. I mean, the Steam Link, but I heard that you need like a you need the Wi-Fi to you optimally you need the Wi-Fi hardwired mm-hmm. for the Steam Link or Wi-Fi hardwired or you just you need the Ethernet. Ethernet yeah. Sorry, the Ethernet <laughs> to the Steam Link. Granted, I feel like our Netflix, our Roku does really well, so mm-hmm. maybe the Steam Link would do really well. But that's like a hundred bucks. So yep. I've looked into it before. I've heard mixed reviews. So mm-hmm. if you have people that say it's great, let me know. Uh, you could do that, but I think what happened is it's the transition to mobile game, like mobile platform mobile game like, yeah what's that mobile game you're playing now where that you don't really have to play it's called tap wizard so i don't love so here's i i don't like the tap to play concept but i do like idle games because lord knows i don't have time to actually play them however they're useless <laughs> they don't contribute to your life at all you don't really accomplish anything yeah why are we, yeah 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 why, no why are we talking about all, all these video, well i brought it <laughs> you did <laughs> mr i want to buy a ps4 but I don't want to buy it now. Warren, your 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 daddy's still physically active. He he's he's actually uh, teaching some jujitsu these days. You are, and you're also doing yoga. Yoga, DDP yoga. And who's DDP? Diamond Dallas Page, uh, former three time uh, world champion in uh, in professional wrestling. <laughs> okay, that's the that's the point I was getting at. What? That he's a professional wrestler who now What's teaches so yoga. Nothing, nothing's bad about that. In case people are wondering why that versus like regular yoga. And um, uh, I got sucked in by their marketing. They got very good marketing. That Arthur video. You got to admit, that's a well done video. That Arthur video. So there's a customer testimonial around this yoga system that is stellar. Um, they do the whole emotional. So anyway, that, that they, they, they milk that for years and it works for them. It still works for them. And it worked for Eki. <laughs> well, I had seen that video years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, we all did. The, the thing that... Uh, actually made me pointed my eyes back to it was that uh diamond dallas page was on joe rogan's podcast maybe a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. and the more he talked about it he really seemed to emphasize um kind of like the restorative and the rehabilitation aspects of it Mm -hmm. he kept talking about how um uh, diamond dallas page actually at the age of like 43 he was on top of the world and he broke his back yeah and so he had to and they were saying that he 
there's a good chance you're not going to wrestle like at the rate you were before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his main story was that he approached yoga and then adjusted it for him, what he needed to do. He didn't need all the flexibility. He needed more of like, like I said, rehab, mm-hmm. strengthening and breaking up scar tissue. And those like phrases like jumped out at me mm-hmm. because I'm broken. <laughs> so, um, you know, blew out my back a couple of, couple of weeks ago with uh with with deadlifting as uh i think i mentioned this even even adam my uh jiu-jitsu instructor when i said oh yeah what well, do you have any advice for someone who just blew out their back he goes yeah don't lift <laughs> <laughs> wow don't don't lift and try to compete with your wife's lifting pattern yes yes <laughs> especially with my my bad form and uh lack of war there's just so many be- so many variables that like all stacked up against yep. me that, that that's hurt all right me. but and so you know, I got a bit of that, sh- you know, definitely kind of like that sciatic pain where if you injure your lower back, then it pinches on the nerve and you feel it shoot right down your leg. And uh, that's the other marketing thing. They they show testimonials of like Chris Jericho, who had like the same thing of mm-hmm. like an injured lower back and him doing a bunch of yoga as well, too. And I would say like after a few of the workouts that I did, I didn't feel a hundred percent better i definitely felt better though that's good so i think there's not an emphasis a lot on sort of not yoga but restorative exercise or physical therapy exercise yes especially around things that people have just told you you know is just the way you're gonna have to live with it Mm -hmm. i mean speaking of physical therapy we're watching three people fly through the ring ricochet currently. the human cheat code who basically did like a moonsault to the outside then ran back up to the corner and did like a flying um forearm and that ring as we've found out everyone thinks like oh that thing must have like nice wrestling mats underneath and we've seen plenty of times especially with champa he'll like uh cut parts of the whatever the straps that hold mm-hmm. the mat down and then expose exactly what's under the ring and look at, and you saw that it was like two by fours yeah it's like a two like, inch piece of foam a piece of canvas and a two and that by was four. And, and that was it so yep. man imagine all the the crazy bumps that they take and from specific like even from jumping off the top rope look at this yeah like did a backflip off the top landed oh, yeah. on his feet you can imagine the the, the shock look at this again yep. on his knees good kick by done right into the back of so anyway it's no surprise that professional wrestlers have many issues physically yes. later later in uh, in life so um you know it's uh i think there needs to be a larger emphasis on just the fact especially for those of us that do high impact mm-hmm. you know physical activity that there needs to be sort of a counter balance to that of maybe softer and more therapeutic physical activity kind of balance everything out and to be fair, I think a lot of uh, the the data on such restorative uh, exercises and 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 programs, I would say, within the past ten years, has has started been coming out a lot more in force. Right, and I think it's it's just really hard to measure because there is, and you know, I was listening to the latest Joe Rogan podcast with um, the scientist on it, nutritionist. What is her name? You remember her Rhonda name? Rhonda Patrick. Rhonda Patrick. She's talking just about. How, you know, placebo is a total thing and dopamine increases Mm -hmm. are a total thing based on the placebo effect and how the Mm -hmm. placebo effect itself has to be measured. And it almost matters, like, it doesn't matter what works if it, if it works, right? Like, Mm. however, you know, the placebo and, and, but also there's an anti-placebo effect. Whereas if you were given something you thought would hurt you, even Mm. though you weren't actually given it, you would have an anti-placebo effect where you would feel sicker, even though you had been given nothing. 
Isn't that like anxiety in general? Uh, I mean, yeah, I like, think it's... Oh, you have to go somewhere and like this thing, uh, uh, y- you have to go to travel and wherever you're going to, you may get into an accident. And they're like, oh, you know. Well, I think in, in the specific instance that she spoke to, I think they were giving people with gluten sensitivity or celiac disease the potential that they were giving them gluten. Oh, Oh, come on. And uh, they didn't, Oof. but they would, you know, start complaining yeah. of symptoms for people yeah. who had, maybe not celiac, gluten sensitivity, but they were complaining of headaches and bloat and, and all these things where they weren't actually ever given gluten, yep. but the anti- anti-placebo effect had a similar thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. I guess what I was getting with is that, you know, to your point about sort of restorative physical activity, um, could some of it be placebo that we've not measured yet? Maybe. Could some of it be not? Like the idea that stretching is bad or good, you know, it depends who you ask, but I don't think anything it's fake. Like it's physical activity. Activity. Well, stre- well, you know, this is bro science coming in, but stretching while you're totally cold, I would say you've... Well, no, you, that's been risk. proven to be terrible. Exactly. But if, you, if you've already gotten like a... You've broken uh, uh, somewhat of a sweat, you've got your heart rate up and you have... Uh, you you're basically... You, you feel it. You feel that you're a little warmer than usual. And you'll feel it too in your stretches. Like the, it, it just... It's softer. It's able to be stretched more versus you, you go from a cold start right to a stretch well right and i think it depends upon your body type like you're yep. kind of built like a brick tree brick tree brick brick house cedar tree big big I li- red I like, yeah. what do you want what do you want to be called uh mill boy <laughs> now you always say you're what you're built like a tree trunk or did i say that you said something anyway you're not the most flexible person this side of the mississippi mm-hmm. uh so doing stretching activity for you is generally positive I would say that, uh, oh, I know what you're saying, uh, as far as wh- how I compared myself to. That's, that was initially my squats. Correct. I, I, uh, a, a redwood. A yes. Great, a great oak yes. or something like that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was tough to, str- but that's because I had tight, and I learned this recently, psoas muscles, P-S-O-A-Z or something, uh, and those are hip flexors. Yep. So those had to be opened up. And the only way I actually opened them up wasn't really through... It was, a, it was a combination of holding that, you know, uh, squat pose, but also at the same time actually doing squats with yep. weights that seemed to like extra, along with a gravitational pull, stretch out that hip flexor because it was actually being stressed to open up. Yep. So I would say it was, uh, yeah, great. Uh, what, what did I just say? Right, Red exactly. So, right. So, but to your point, I think you know. But then you take somebody like myself, where I have sort of, in some cases, the opposite problem. So, well, you've been stretching since day one. Correct, and that, that's not taekwondo. necessarily a good thing, right? I mean, if you look at the ligaments and the joints, and my ability to hold certain pieces of my body in place is gone, right? Um, but well, I think one could one could argue you uh, with. Your oh, good kick to the face, Jesus Christ, done murder you. Um, one could argue with uh, with with the strength strengthening that you're doing through CrossFit and whatever other t- types of uh, functional fitness that you're doing, that that would it would help, you know, build the muscles up around said joints and tighten it tighten them down. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's situation is unique. I think for three of my four limbs, it absolutely is mm. true. I think the one is beyond repair at this point. But um, to your point, I just think that there's there needs to probably be a refocus on sort of restorative, um, especially for athletes who do really. Here's, here's the crazy thing. And this is how I know it's not a placebo of, or even a negative placebo. Remember when I was telling you, ah, oh, you know, ever since I blew out my left knee years and years ago with that MCL tear, that it, it's. It's always been even even the the, the orthopedic orthopedic or whoever was diagnosing me said that you're gonna have to do a lot of exercises to uh, build up the muscle 
mm-hmm. around around that knee because that will help support it, especially after a tear. And you saw me after uh, trying to do like a specific stretch where mm-hmm. I flex my quad, and you can just see the the, the muscle twitch and vibrate, mm-hmm. right? Versus my right le- uh, right quad, stretch it out, boom, just stayed you know perfectly static. So, yep. And this was and this was exposed through the warrior one position mm-hmm. in, in in yoga where you know you you were actually putting stress on that front quad. Right. So. I think people don't realize, um, at least in the state of New Jersey, it's a, I forgot what the actual term is, but it's like a self-select state. Anybody listening who has health insurance in New Jersey, I think this is still correct. You can go to a physical therapy place oh. without a doctor referral. I grant that I think like there's certain, you know, insurance plans like probably Medicare, uh-huh. Medicaid, you can't, but um, most insurance, like I can go to any physical therapy place and be like, this hurts uh-huh. and they'll help me learn how to fix the PT without going to a doctor. That was really helpful was for me. Was that only for one visit or what about like repeated ones? No, I mean, it was whatever your insurance would, you know, allow you to do 12 or three months or however. Hmm. Um, that came in really handy for me postpartum with postpartum PT because mm-hmm. my OB didn't believe that I would need PT after giving birth to a child. Even though you you had to go to, who, who, who was it that our friend, helped our, you out? Yeah, our friend, Dr. Sindel Matthews. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's still, I went to Wayne Physical Therapy. Um, and she was able to... And it was to, something specific with your abdominal wall, right? Correct. So what a lot of people don't realize, and I don't know if we've talked about it before, is that um, there's something called diastasis recti, where, you know, when you have a kid, uh, you uh, your abdominal muscles separate like a curtain mm-hmm. to make room for the stretching of everything. Um, so your abdominal split, right? And then after you give birth, they come back together. But depending upon if they come back together all the way or not, you can be diagnosed. If there is a gap, you can be diagnosed with diastasis recti, which uh-huh. I believe is two centimeters or wider of the gap or one and a half, depending who you ask. Now, for most people who don't do physical activity, doesn't really matter. Uh-huh. For those of us that do do physical activity, um, if you, let's say I just you know had a baby and like three weeks after I had a baby, I did like as many you know, sit-ups as I could to get rid of my mom belly. That would be catastrophic if I had diastasis recti because I could reasonably split that further Mm. and herniate. Mm. And then, you know, there's actually images, if y'all are interested, Google them, for severe diastasis recti. And you see what people would, you sometimes refer to as like the mom pouch, Uh where the the stomach takes a really bizarre shape, Uh where it almost bulges out at the bottom. Yeah. And it's actually from diastasis recti. So if you don't fix it and you don't realize it's a thing and you do all this stuff to exacerbate and spread the gap, I mean, you would need major surgery to put it all back together down the line. Versus the the dedication to PT. Correct. And give it, you know, two months and you're kind of closing it or your, your core is back to where it needs to be and it's not something you need to worry about. I mean, the issue I think is in the metal community with that one is that it's like if you don't you know, if they don't tell you about it or you don't ask about it, um, they're like, Oh, you don't need that. Just go back and do whatever Mm -hmm. that little physical stuff you do is. And it's like, no, no, you don't understand what I do. So, um, it's something that I had discovered mostly from the CrossFit community because of the amount of core work that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I think a lot of people just don't realize anyway, long story short, if you're having a kid go to PT afterwards, it's probably a good idea. 
um, it's covered in, in New Jersey in terms of you just don't need you don't need anybody to. Do you think these you. guys need PT after this match? Huh? Oh my goodness, it's a really good match. <laughs> as fascinating as I, as my. Oh, I think that's his. You think? Oh no. no. Oh. We were seeing crazy finishes after crazy finishes. Uh, remember that shooting star press yep. I was talking about in the beginning? Ricochet did a shooting star press into Pete Dunne, and Pete Dunne caught him in a leg triangle. Nice. So, and then you know how Pete Dunne, you know, uses that, uh, his submission style wrestling where he, like, takes your fingers and, and spreads, uh, them apart. spreads them apart. In star Trek style. Yeah, the, the Vulcan whatever sign. And so he had him in the leg triangle and also pulling his, his fingers apart with that. Yep. So this is a... This is the style of match that you love. I do. I do really enjoy it. I, uh, every, I think everyone loves this. Well, the hard style. part is like when you have people listening, it's like either Whoa. if they know wrestling well enough, they want to watch it. So they're going to go watch it. And oh, those who don't know finisher. wrestling. Here's the finisher. Is he the current champion? No, he's the, U- U- the UK champion. If he gets this. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. He's got it. So Ricochet keeps it. Yep. Yep. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, Send the crowd home happy with that one. Yeah, that's always a solid match for sure. So that's my little PSA about PT, which kind of goes into, you know, yoga and restorativeness and, you Mm -hmm. know, rehabbing injury and things. Pregnancy is an injury for Mm. all those listening. (laughs) I mean, I'm not trying to be... Um, fresh about it it really is like the i think people don't realize or they don't they're not explained to it that way it's like you are and you're 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 planting seeds in in my mind of who who i want to uh, when when we talk about this it, it makes me want to talk to karen more oh especially for sure. after um um congratulations to adam and karen yeah. on, on 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 the big boy yeah big boy thaddeus yep yep uh, yeah i mean i think you know karen also expressed similar i think feelings and it's, I think, this, the recovery of injury for high-performance athletes is not mm-hmm. talked about enough. And I think a lot of the things that we take for granted and or things that we know actually can help people who are moderate or casual, you know, workout folks. Like, not everyone's a high-level athlete, but mm-hmm. I think what we would do to restore ourselves, people would benefit from, even in part, Obviously. throughout, you know, all levels of physical activity. When you... When you had that, uh, what do you call the condition? Uh, diastasis recti. Uh, were there any normal everyday things that felt either you know different or oh, yeah. even painful that you uh, you needed the physical therapy to kind of restore you to just normal function? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, um, imagine if you're sitting like you're sitting on a couch, like mm-hmm. lounging back a little bit, and you want to get up. Mm, that without, initial get up without touching anything. Yeah. I literally couldn't do it, not because it hurt, because I literally lacked the muscle memory to remember how to do it. Interesting. And there was nothing there. So I joke when people are like, oh, your abs. I'm like, when you're pregnant or right after you're pregnant, there's nothing there. Mm. There's nothing functioning. There's nothing firing. So anything Mm -hmm. that engages the core, like getting up. Interesting. Is actually really difficult and it's really jarring, especially if you're somebody who can just get up like like I'm used to. Should probably Um, save this probably save this topic for, for yeah i mean we, it's, it's we, quite a large topic it's probably that's almost like a panel topic you get three people you know, get two people um there's a lot there i mean it's totally not wrestling related but pt for ah, sure no it doesn't have to be it, it just as long as it's uh uh us related that's for all sure. that matters but i mean it's definitely a googleable thing for anybody who knows pregnant people or are pregnant themselves just look it up 
you know, know what it is, know how to find it. See the damage you cause, Warren. I mean, I mean at least <laughs> my GP, so my general doctor, had described pregnancy as a power, like you have a parasite who's going to suck all of the medical, like the nutrient, like he went on and on and he was being medically correct and maybe a little verbally insensitive to maybe the nice warm fuzzies you want when talking about giving birth. But, <laughs> um, you know, babies are hard, man. They're rough on, on bodies for sure. Well, Mr. Warren, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, hmm? man. <laughs> Jeez. You're good looking. You're so cute now. <laughs> Porcupine. Porcupine. Well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. What are we thanking them for? We did all the hmm. work. Well, they, they, well, it's it's work on them having to listen to me. Well, that's true. So now you know what I go through. <sighs> so want to thank uh, everyone for listening to us. As always, you can get in contact with us on uh, Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail, Instagram, and on Facebook. Uh, we're still working on the, the weekend guests. It's tough. This is even crazy that I was able to uh, get Jess and find time for this one. <laughs> but feels good to do it for sure. And we will see you next time, hopefully. Thank you again. Bye, guys.